Welcome. You are listening to the Close Up Podcast. I am Sofia Nunez Morales, founder of Close Up City, and I am here to take you on this journey. On this podcast, we are looking at everyday life with a creative lens. Creativity goes beyond the visual. Creative thoughts are what drive innovation and what can create shifts in your inner dialogue. Creative thinking is the ability to think outside of the box and enjoy the wonder around you. I take this idea to my community and we dive deep on many different topics. Join us as we open our minds and take a closer look at life. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I am so excited to share this story. Um, I think it's very important. Maybe excitement is the wrong word. I feel like I feel like that word is thrown around a lot, and I probably need to expand my vocabulary. So let's expand right now and I'll say I am (laughs) looking for other words Um, either way this this story that Marissa Sullivan is sharing with us is very important and I would say that I am proud that's what that's what I am I am proud to share this her story with um and her battle with and her blossoming and her evolution with a traumatic sexual experience and really what you'll see from this conversation is how much she's grown how much she has built a career and practice and healing modality to change the lives of many women and that is amazing I have so much respect for her I want to shout her name from the rooftops as she knows I think her work is so important for so many women so many men so many people however you identify so I am recording this uh, beginning of this episode after going to an ecstatic dance occasion event. It's not a class. And if you're not familiar with ecstatic dance, it is a it is a celebration of self-expression. It is a celebration of letting go it is a celebration of community Uh, it is freeform dance if you want something a little bit more concrete (laughs) if that doesn't explain and normally the music is like trance music and it's beautiful there's so many men there's so many women there's so many people however they identify there's just people of so many different backgrounds, young, old. I mean, literally there was like a younger kid there for a moment, of course. 
had to leave because of his bedtime. Yeah, and it's close to my bedtime. Um, I've been meaning to post this episode for so long, and I just was called to get it done, get it out there. I'm sure people can relate to having so many dreams, so many goals, so many inspirations. I'm just so inspired, but sometimes you can get overwhelmed by this inspiration, which happens to me. But I have really grounded myself and I moved from New York to Denver and have been loving it. And boy, am I jumping right into Denver, Boulder, you know, lifestyle with the ecstatic dance, right? Um, I love it. Like this, this is a much more aligned place for me. So that is great. And yeah, without further ado, I will um, let Marissa take it from here. Apologies with the sound quality. Uh, We were having technical difficulties and I just wanted to get her story out like it just it needs to happen so and you can hear it so it's fine but um yeah so enjoy and um I guess more than enjoy feel moved and shifted a little background on who Marissa Sullivan is she is an amazing person, quite frankly. However, I will go into detail. She is a sex educator and ecstatic life orgasm coach, Reiki master, and breathwork facilitator. That is just a f- few of the things that she is specialized in. She's also specialized in tantric yoga and has been practicing and teaching yoga for 30 years and is located in the Big Apple, New York City. So now let's hear from Marissa Sullivan. Went to India. I arrived. So there's so much for all of us to forgive ourselves for any time that we did not embody our own consent. Yeah. So there's that level is very important. Mm-hmm. To really forgive ourselves. So, so I got to India. I was so excited. You know, takes money and arranging and everything and here I am going to be here for three months I'm so excited I walk in the door I'm sitting on the steps and I'm watching this teacher randomly grab women's breasts and buttocks very differently from men and and I'm sitting with these I made friends with these two other people who were also horrified Mm -hmm. so I spent about I spent about a month or so kind of horrified and upset going to practice holding my breath and trying to pace myself so that he, I, he wouldn't touch me in the wrong times mm-hmm. and and really fighting with not wanting to be there or should I be there what's going on and sort of talking to people about what's going on and hearing really difficult things like go oh. so this is where the and then the anger at the community so we start talking about oh I think we all think Pataby Joyce is a above board here that he's touching women inappropriately and people inappropriately and people would say things like well if you have sexual abuse history then he's probably going to touch you in a way that's going to heal you that's wow that's so inappropriate it was so awful yeah Yeah. um or oh you don't understand he has a method he's raising your kundalini he's he's, Mm. he's, he knows what he's doing 
And were those men saying that? Both men and women. Mm. And then across the board, sometimes you would see a husband and wife. You would hear hear about or meet a husband and wife where the husband left, but the wife stayed, mm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. The wife left, the husband stayed. Um, so it, it was very, very across the board, gender-wise. Everybody in denial or supporting. Mm-hmm. And then what happened, and then where my anger at myself came in is... I, and I had a moment, these two friends of mine who were very anti the touching and really mm-hmm. upset, and, and I was partnered with them, they went back to the States, and I was left there, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to throw myself down into this devotion mm-hmm. of this practice. I'm just going to let go of these of, of these questions and these mm-hmm. doubts, and all these people are here, and they believe in this practice. I'm just going to jump in and kiss this. And literally, I'm going to kiss this guru's feet. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to dive in. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I did that. I decided to just ignore it. And and for a period of time, I don't even remember, maybe another month, I did this practice. Pretty much didn't feel like he ever touched me yeah. inappropriately. And I kind of soared in this practice. Mm-hmm. Right? really physically grew and then what happened is um a month month and a half later he touched me so over the top inappropriately mm-hmm. it's really horrifying i can't even like say the pose it's like the standing straddle for a bend where you then your hands are in an interlaced fist and you bring them all the way over behind your back to the floor yeah and he pushed my hands down to the floor so i was basically pinned mm-hmm which that was kind of a normal thing to do. And then you would support a woman's sacrum. Right. And hold that pose. And what he did was from my sacrum started walking up across my butt crack over to my vulva and poked. Yeah. And pushed while I was in this pinned pose. Mm-hmm. And then I came up out of the pose and I just, I, it was like I came to, mm-hmm. and I and I, I didn't even know what to say. And I and this is where there's a lot that you could talk about the nervous system and trauma, but I just was stunned. And I don't have a memory if I walked out at that moment or yeah. if I continued to practice. And then, but that was my last day there. Yeah, and I and I left. And then because I didn't feel safe in the community, I didn't tell anyone in the community. I did end up luckily meeting another woman who also left at the same time and um, meeting another yoga friend in the town. And we all went traveling together. And I was then traveling with a group who were in my truth of what had happened mm-hmm. and could, could hold that. But it was very odd. At the time, then, I had several friends who were there, and I really just didn't want to talk to them about it, because I did not want anybody to deny what I knew had happened, and I really felt like they might have. So there was a level of real anger that I didn't like it, what was going on there, and yet I decided to stay and basically put up with it until it became too much. And that, you know, I really have to work on, like, I had to work on that for level of forgiveness and, and myself and, and see it mm-hmm. and all the time, the many times that I would freeze against abuse 
that I wouldn't find my own, I would give a body. Yeah. And not find, find my own consent. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's important to say that he was 85 at this time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was he 85. He wasn't even se sexual, really. Not, it wasn't. It really, like, as I would watch him touch other women, he would sort of be staring off into space or smiling. Very wow. unsexual. You know, yeah. he, he did not, you know, it didn't feel sexual. It more felt like, la-di-da, look what I can do. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to stop me. Yeah. And nobody did stop him. Until years later, then people stopped him. You know, so that's interesting. Years later, it got when he became, when he started to travel more to the States and to Europe and around the world. And I don't know the direct, you know, I, what I hear is third party that someone in his family, different people in his community said, listen, you got to stop. You can't mm -hmm. touch people like that. You can't touch women like that. Mm -hmm. Um and then every once in a while he would slip, and there was a case um, within New York that he did touch a woman, and she came out very loudly against him and publicly against him. But, uh, you know, some of these public comings out against him were many years ago, and it's only in the past this few months that a bunch of higher-level teachers are admitting the truth of it. Yeah. And now talking about what do we do in terms of this guru status, mm -hmm. you know, what what do you how do you feel about the guru status? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so hard. Yeah, because um, there I guess you see validity in um, following an expert is one element. We do need, we need, but it's teacher. you know, we all need teachers, we all mm -hmm. need teachers, and the, but we, we need to be, but this is where it, we need teachers, but they're just teachers, and they're human, and they're fallible, mm -hmm. and we're weak, so this place of, and there does, it, there are distinctions between maybe what has, happens in India, and what happens in the United States, and what happens, this sense of surrender is not a giving over of your power and your consent. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. guru is not infallible. So to hold on to that, to have teachers, um, I mean, what's been hard for me, too, almost more, it's actually harder for me mm -hmm. to trust the community. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been really hard about being in communities because it, within, within a guru or within a teacher concept. Because the singular teacher, I now I'm, I'm pretty, I'm like, well, I have a boundary, yeah. and I have a lot of, a lot up before I'm going to do it. I mean, it was really interesting when I met this one, another teacher of mine, a meditation teacher, I was very conflicted. Wow, do I take this guy as my teacher? I don't, how do I trust? And then I sort of bowed down to him and took him as a teacher, and he died of us. He died wow. a couple of weeks later, and I was like, "That's really easy and convenient." He could never, he could never touch me. Yeah, um, but I think yeah, this idea of really, I'm I'm loving these practices right now of just sitting there and saying yes, 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 feeling it. No, mm -hmm. no, no, mm -hmm. no, no, and feeling the yes and the no. Uh, and and I, I that 
we all knew was like a teacher who will always be teaching us that uh, how to embody our yes and our no and be in our our power and our of consent in the moment. Yeah. I feel like in a sense with your work, um, as I learn more about it and, and, and learn from you as a, as a teacher, um, and a guru in a way, but not, not entirely, I, you know, not entirely, but just a teacher. Just a teacher yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if anyone's my guru, but I think ultimately what I feel like is a common denominator with your practice and what you, um, preach in a way and teach um is that your guru is yourself and really it's about surrendering to your to yourself and your body and the intelligence of your body um and letting the body really speak yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely and really everyone would have said that a lot of us who were studying yoga as I've been studying tw- back 25 years ago, we would say that you're mm. always you're the, you're always bowing down to your inner guru. You're always bowing down mm-hmm. to your inner light. Mm-hmm. But that would get a little caught up in this pedestalization of a um, of a human teacher who was really doing something not right. Yeah. Do you think there's no. ever? And I get, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think there's ever a case where it? It does make sense to have a guru, or what? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, I do have it now. I do have. I call Arma, but I don't call her my guru very often. I will generally say my teacher. I don't mm-hmm. use the word guru really. Mm-hmm. So Arma is now a teacher of mine. I would be very open if some if something went down that she wasn't doing something right. I would be you know, listening and and ready Mm -hmm. to hear it. Uh, But I consider her a teacher now, and it is important for me. I like having a a, a, you know, I do like having a teacher, but there's this level that I'm not, that I know that they're human and they Mm -hmm. could make a mistake. Yeah. That's where, I mean, What's been very hard for me is, again, that level of what if the guru does wrong, the teacher goes wrong, and the community goes along and supports and denies the truth and doesn't take care of the people in the community who are being abused. Yeah. That's a level that I agree that is so much harder. And honestly, it, it also, it does root back to my, my family of origin that, I, you know, and being an incest survivor mm-hmm. yeah. and having that happen to me. And so, so having that repeated that something was going on, there was a violation and it was not being seen and recognized by other people in the family. Right. Do you want to talk about a little bit more about, um, that experience or what, how, how do you feel about diving, exploring that a little further? Yeah, I said there's a there's a there's it's a trauma another level of trauma. There's mm-hmm. the trauma by the per, by the perpetrator, mm-hmm. and then there's the trauma by the family or the community that sets that up or mm-hmm. or doesn't or covers it up. Mm-hmm. And and of course, 
probably, like in my case, I'm sure there's, we're all carrying history of trauma. And so there, there's levels of trauma. Like I know for my, so I, God, this is so hard for my family to be over here, but it's true and they know it. Um, but I was, uh, so I was being uh, molested by a foster brother mm. in my teens mm-hmm. and it went, and it went on for good year and a half, good year and a half, I think. And there was a level that I, and I don't know, it's like, it was, I could not believe that my family didn't know that this was going on. To me, it seemed very obvious. They were in sign. I think probably my mom, you know, and my mother did have lots of generations of abuse. So in a way, her not wanting to see it, not wanting her whole family to be, to, to see how horrible things were. Yeah. It was very easy for her to put her binders on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually had financial investment. They were being paid to have this foster brother. Yeah. And I think there's that similar it's so hard to talk about. It's so hard to say, you know, so I do, there's forgiveness. I do forgive them. Um, but it's still, it's so awful. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and the same in the Ashtanga community, it was, there was a, and I did the same thing. Like it was everyone's life. They were so invested in this Ashtanga practice and to admit that this was going on would mean to disassemble their whole lives. Hmm. It's and yeah. It, yeah. It's interesting the parallels between the, the two stories and I'm mm-hmm. um I mean I don't believe in coincidence. I don't know about you. <laughs> um what uh what are you what do you what are your beliefs behind these two experiences and your lessons in, in this life with these two different parallel experiences? I really, I think it was so easy for me to seek out and replicate my family of origin Mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have practiced yoga with someone else who, Mm was teaching an embodied practice and um, was teaching consent. I mean, I don't know if it was around at that time. It's interesting that I gravitated towards that unhealthy dynamic and got caught up in it again. But it makes sense to me that it was home. Yeah. That I replicated home. So that's where I think as teachers and leaders, and as members of community that we need to be looking out for each other Mm -hmm. because we're going to come across that that's going to happen that our students are going to they're not they're going to come in disassociated and disembodied from their traumas and they're not going to know their yes and their no and we're going to have to be listening really really deeply yeah help them hear it and it's also um a responsibility in a way that everyone has to hold space for each other um because we don't know where where people's stories are 
you know, we don't know where people have come from. We don't know what their family situation is. Um, we don't know. And it's almost like, no. you know, n not assuming what you think you may know. I mean, and it can get tricky when um, you're in the spiritual space and, and people are exploring their in intuition. They're exploring a lot of different elements of the, themselves and their bodies. Um, you know, I recently had uh, an interesting spiritual sexual experience and um you know I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of the uh realizations that i that i came away with and essentially it was an older man like um kind of telling me like you are this you are that this 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 and then and then there was a lot of questions that were really helpful of like why aren't you connected to your you know to your body and your um, your yoni. I don't want to use vagina since you are all about, you know, <laughs> the, the colonization of, of the parts, which we'll, we should definitely talk about in another point. Um, yeah. but it's interesting because I, you know, I was in a vulnerable state, um, and it definitely was not traumatic. It was positive. Um, and I can see how it, how things could be skewed so easily and how they can go in the wrong direction if I put this person on a pedestal or if I completely gave over my power or, um, yeah. So that's just, I, I don't know, that just came, just decided to come out <laughs> that it, with a relevant um, experience. But, and with men and women, it can get complicated as well because there's so much history of men and their oppression of women's bodies. And so it's like the history also must be recognized. Um, yeah. And it goes beyond gender. I mean, def yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, there's huge, yes. Yes. Yeah. The absolute patriarchy. And I love that you, <laughs> You picked up on the colonization of the female genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but but when we come into giving over one's power, it could mm -hmm. so easily happen across any gender dynamic. Yeah. And clearly, all the men in the, in, for instance, in the Ashtanga community, were participating and and allowing their female students to be abused, their partners. Right. And they're participating in it, and it just as easily has happened with female teachers. Yeah. Abusing their power with other females. So, um, what would you say are some key takeaways for people who are exploring and um, exploring their yes and their no, uh, learning from from teachers that they value? Um, yeah, what would you say are some key takeaways from, from these different, um, experiences? Well, one thing I have to, I have to do a shout, um, you know, Matthew Rensky was, a, he did write a book and I, because I'm so afraid of communities and he interviewed me and my story and I was even afraid to uh, read his book or, cause he was really addressing this but now I've started back to reading it and there's a lot in his book that he recently wrote mm -hmm. about about guru dynamic um, but 
for instance, well, I, I just, I just bought my first pendulum. Mm-hmm. So, and and it seems so weird, but it's very, very, very interesting. So I'm going to tell you about this pendulum, and yeah. then I'll tell you about the practice. So, I, I don't know. Have you ever used the pendulum? No, I should probably begin. Yeah. So if you take a pendulum, mm-hmm. I'm doing it right now. I, I bought a pendulum, and I, a friend of mine had a new friend had one, and then I went to another colleague of mine, and she showed me. So basically, you say pendulum, show me yes. Mm-hmm. And you say yes, 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 and the pendulum will do something. And for each of us, the pendulum might do something different. So my yes, the pendulum swings toward me and away from me, toward me and away from me. Mm-hmm. And I say, pendulum, show me no, and it goes left, right, left, right, left, right. Everybody's going to be different. So basically, our body is vibrating. My body mm-hmm. is vibrating a, a yes. There's a, there's a vibration there that then moves through the air, moves the air, and boosts that pendulum. So that we have a vibration in us. Our yes and our no is vibrating in us. So we can, you literally practice saying yes, 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 yes. And you can think about things you're saying yes to, but you say it in different ways. You say it, you say it, and you feel it. Mm. What does your yes feel like? Where do you feel it in your body? And then you pause, you pause, you pause, and you, then you do no, you do no, you do no, 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 and you feel it, you feel it, you feel where is it in your body. You can also put your hands up and no, no. And you can practice then from there having somebody ask you some questions that you would say, and so you, the practice would be ask me questions, throw a bunch of questions at me that I would say yes to, and then throw in some questions that I really would want to say no to, and I'm just going to say yes, I'm just going to say yes, and feel what it feels like to say yes when you really want to say no. Mm-hmm. Feel it. Feel it. And then you keep like checking in with your body. Where is that in my body? What color is it? What feeling is it? You just notice it in your body. And, you, and you're like, wow. I have signals going off on me all the time. Do I listen to them? Mm-hmm. You know, literally, do I want to make a right or do I want to make a left? Do I want to go down that street? Is that a good idea? And we can hear ourselves say, how many times has it happened that we said, I knew I should do that? Yeah. I, I know knew for, I shouldn't have done that. I know for sure I'm definitely exploring my yes and my no. Yeah. 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 So this somatic embodiment of how it lives in you. Mm-hmm. These practices are so wonderful. And there's, there's lots of other there's, you know, practices around this. But just that, I, when I teach it to people, they, they're like, oh, right. Yeah. I, I knew I had signals. I get it. I love that. And, and then paying attention to them. Like, you know, what a drag that I, you know, I was in India. And I, you know, and, and I guess I could, you know, think about what was the positive of going through that. But I was in India, and my and there was complete no, like get me the frick out of here. And I decided to stay. Yeah. And but you did. My you own, did leave. You. I mean, you did leave this. I did. Yeah. And you did leave. I did leave. Yeah. I did leave, and I did it in a very protective way to make sure that nobody stopped me or nobody questioned me. Like at that point, I was very. No, I know exactly what I'm leaving, and I'm, I'm only talking about it on my terms. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but to really keep listening to our yes and our no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that is a really great place to to end, and thank you for sharing your story, um, your family trauma, and this this trauma with this guru. Um, I think a lot of people will really learn from it, and I, I definitely learned. I learn it every time I speak to you, um, which is beautiful, but we should definitely talk more, and I know yeah. you and I have more to more work to do together, so I'm excited. We do, we do. Yeah. Thanks for talking. Thank you. <laughs> I'll talk okay. and I'll talk to you soon. But I I appreciate great. it. Yeah. Have a great day. So hear that yeah. now. And that and, and like your whole body is what will get you just to leave it with this idea too. You know, now with the sexuality you know, where's my yes, where's my no? And mm-hmm. then really one of our deepest places is to go to your yoni. Go yeah. To your yeah. What's my heart saying? There's my mind, there's my heart, my gut, there's my yoni. What's my mm-hmm. yoni saying? Yes and no. That's like our, you know, this deep sea of our yes and our no. Absolutely. I will yeah. be listening to my yoni this these <laughs> for a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, care. I'll talk soon. Yeah, we're probably going to um, have a little phone meeting sometime soon. So, um, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Lots of love. Lots of love. Lots of love. Have a great Sunday. You too. Okay, bye. You have been listening to the Close-Up Podcast, where we look at life with a creative lens. I'm Sofia Nunez-Morales, and I ask that you follow Close Up on Instagram at Close Up City, iTunes, and Anchor, all with the Close Up City link. Please subscribe, rate, and review. I know that these conversations sparked something within you. And if you thought of a certain someone that you may want to share this with, I ask that you please do. It's a really simple way to help, and I genuinely hope that that person also takes something away from this, and that you did as well. Gracias, mis amigos. Mi casa es su casa.